G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 11th of July 2023. Oh my god, what a week man. What a goddamn week it has been. Where was I last week? I was um, I was recording from that hostel in Reykjavik. With <laughs> oh, I didn't post that picture of the Muggleton guy. I'll post it later. I'll fucking... Let me write a little note for myself. Muggleton pick. I forgot to do that. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. Muggleton. Oh, man. <coughs> I, um, oh, God. First things first. I got my bag back. All right. I got it back. I agreed to have it sent to Athens. Oh, my Lord. And, um. It arrived. It arrived in the airport on Friday, and I shortly afterwards got a call from the, like from uh, DHL, the company that I got to send it, saying that I needed to pay customs on my bag because here's where I'm an idiot. All of the emails that I was sending through, I was telling them I was like inflating the cost of my, you know, I was like the suit's worth two and a half thousand. It honestly is probably worth about a thousand. But I was like, nah, it's two and a half thousand. And then when I went to put down, because you got to declare everything, I thought it was for insurance. I thought I was giving the value of all the stuff in my bag for insurance. So I put it as the actual value. I was like, you know, suit a thousand, this and that or whatever. (sighs) And then when it got to the airport, I had to declare it. It was turned out I was declaring for customs, not insurance. And... I had to pay 25% of the total value of my bags in tax, which was <laughs> 300 euro. <laughs> it's so much money. <laughs> it's fucking, it's like 500 bucks. Plus I had to get a customs agent to do it. And I had to pay some bullshit storage fee from DHL because they're just fucking rats. Whatever. So, um, yeah, all up it was 410 euro. I went yesterday. Oh, that's right. It it arrived on Friday and uh, I couldn't get to the customs office in time on Friday because they close at 2 o'clock. Of course they do. So uh, I just had to stay in Athens all weekend and then fucking just go on Monday first thing and get there and I mean even that was just I don't know if you're following me if you're listening to this this week and you've been following me on Instagram you would have seen (laughs) like I got up I got up at 7 30 and I got the train to the airport and then to get to the DHL warehouse next to the customs office the guy on the phone man the guy from DHL on the phone was a bit of a dick like I don't know he wasn't he was helpful I will get to why I'm whispering, by the way. I'm in, I'm in Halkira, in, uh, just to the north of Greece in an Airbnb. I'm in this lady's house. She's so lovely. It's, I, I, I'm telling this shitty story first and I'm going to get all my anger out because everything else that I have to say this week is just the best. I'm having the best time in Greece, in Athens and now in Halkira tonight and then onwards to um, Skiatos 
tomorrow. I just, everything's good, but it's been because of this bag. Right, let me get my little tea. I've got a tea. I'm at this lady's house. I booked it literally like an hour and a half ago while I was on the bus. And, um, oh, it's vanilla infused green tea. Wonderful. So... Right, so I get to the guy on Friday, the DHL dude. I'm talking to him and, uh, you know, I'm really being polite and everything because, I, I mean, they've done everything. They've not, they've not done anything wrong. But this guy, so the options were to either get my bag to let DHL deliver it and let them take it through customs, which they said takes three to four business days. Or... And then I still have to pay them everything and pay them a fee for doing that or whatever, whatever. Or he goes, you could get a customs agent or you could just do it yourself. And I was like, do people do it themselves? Like, is it in English? And he was like, it is. But like, I don't know. People just don't normally do that. And I'm like, I don't know. I reckon I'm going to do it myself because I don't want you to do it for me because I don't trust you to do it in the correct time. Like it was already Monday and I just didn't want to stay in Athens. I'd already stayed in Athens waiting for my bag to arrive for the whole week. And then on Friday, I was going to leave on Saturday morning and then I couldn't. So I had to stay the whole weekend again. I don't want to stay a whole nother week just waiting for you to deliver it on any random day that you choose. And then maybe I don't even get it in time and I can't get it. Whatever. No, 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 no. So I said, fuck this. I'm going to the airport myself. And the guy goes, all right, well, you're going to need to get a, a taxi from the airport because the train doesn't even go to the airport. And I'm like, all right, I'll get a taxi then. And in my head, I'm like, I'm at 100% walking. <laughs> what is with people and just not walking to places? I mean, I guess there's not really a path. You, I guess you're not supposed to walk there. But like, it was a 45-minute walk. There was nothing wrong with it. I just, people are fucking whack, man. I like walking places, all right? I got the train to the airport and then I just walked along the side of the highway. (laughs) You definitely weren't supposed to walk there. There was no path. I was walking in a gutter for a large stretch of it and then on my Instagram stories, I was like pretending I was a Greek tour guide. I was calling the gutter the aqueduct, which I know is Latin. It's not Greek, okay? I, I get it. I understand. I I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest, yesterday. I just gave myself over to the fun of the thing. And um, so I got to the DHL warehouse and, I, you know, I talked to them first and they give me a thing and then they send me another 15-minute walk. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Let me have my first sip of tea. I think it's too hot. Yep, too hot. Oh, nice vanilla tea, though. So I get to the customs office and they're like, no, you need to hire a customs agent. And I'm like, fuck, come on. I go to this customs agent upstairs on the third floor of this dank gray. It's like, a, it looks like some kind of communist building, this customs office. I mean, of course it does, it's customs. And uh, if you've ever seen episode one of the legendary British sitcom Black Books, the scene when he goes to his accountant's office and it's Nick the accountant is like this dodgy dude with like a weird scowl and he's all fat and he's eating like a yogurt like out of a tub. Oh no, that's a different episode. Fuck. He's not eating a yogurt, but he's just this fat 
gross looking dude in some fucked office <laughs> and he's always like do you hear that you know like and then at the end of the scene the cops come and they arrest him and he's like shreds a bunch of documents and then just runs out of his office that was the guy that i went to at the customs office he was so funny they were like go up to this office in the customs place they were like go up to this guy customs agent level three room 701 something like that 703 and uh, tell him that you need... The, and I give him the form and he's looking at it and he's like, no, 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 shirts, socks, under, underwears. This is very much money. Why so much? And I just felt so stupid. Like I wasn't going to be like, oh, look, I thought it was for insurance. Like I didn't realize it was just... Oh, I don't know, maybe I should have tried to communicate that to him to just be like, look, man... I thought it was for insurance. I didn't realize that me declaring all this money meant that I was going to have to pay the tax on it, you know? But he didn't speak proper, like, English, and I don't speak any Greek, so we had a bit of a barrier. And then he was like, you're Australian. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, the Melbourne, the Yarra River, crocodile. <laughs> and then and then he goes to make, he's like, you make me, he goes, you get me frappe. <laughs> He was like, you got to go get me a coffee. And I was like, you want me to get you a coffee? I'll get you a coffee, man. I was like, dude, if you fix this for me, I'll get you 10 coffees, all right? Because I've been waiting because the airline lost my bag. I was trying to communicate that to him. And I got up. I was like, you want me to get you a coffee? He's like, okay, okay, no, sit down. Come on, sit down. And he's like, okay, just it's this much money and this and this and this. And uh, and then he goes, you want a coffee? And I'm like, well, yeah, right, yeah, fuck, yeah, man, I'll have a coffee. And he goes, how do you take? I'm like, black, no sugar, no milk, nah, nothing. And then he doesn't make me a hot, I thought he was making me a hot coffee, but he gets these little plastic cups. He made me a frappe. <laughs> they make <laughs> these guys, man, they're drinking cold frappes that they make out of like Nescafe coffee, <laughs> like mixed cold with like cream on top. And he made me one in a plastic cup and gave it to me. And I started drinking and I was like, oh man, I should have asked for sugar. <laughs> I totally should have asked for sugar. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. I drank half of it, walked out of his office and I had to wait for an hour. So I walked around this the duty-free shopping center thing. I walked out of his office, drank half of it and just chucked it in the bin. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't good. But um, what a sweet guy. Really funny dude. He was just giving me shit the whole time. He was calling me dumb. <laughs> he was like, why so much money? Why? Underwear. Why? Because he can see like the stuff that I declared, like the contents of my package. And then, and then like the value that I declared it at. He was like, why did you do? I think he was just going like, why did you declare so much, man? You're dumb. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So I had to pay 400 euro. Oh, I came back after an hour and I went into the duty-free shop that they've got this across the other side of the highway. I just, I had an hour to kill. Walked to the duty-free shop, sat on a sofa that, had a price tag on it for 15 minutes and then walked back. Oh my God. And um, 
got the thing from him, went back to the DHL place, got the thing from them, got my bag, went back to Athens, and that was basically my day yesterday. But the rest of the week was just so sick, man. And I think as well, like, I've had this thing. I, I, You know what? I actually had a bit of a fucking freak out yesterday. I had another little, I don't know if it was a panic attack, but I couldn't get to sleep. I was worried about the future. I was just, yeah, just worried about the future, about money, about my loan, about, um, I don't know. About just like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm on this holiday and like, I guess I've, I, I messaged the airline to get all the money back. But then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I bought, you know what I did this week? I bought a bunch of shirts. So, okay. So I landed in Athens on Tuesday morning from, from, uh, I flew Reykjavik to Barcelona, landed in Barcelona at like 2am and then flew, got a Hungry Jack's or, or Burger King. And then, uh, didn't even really get it time to like, lie down or sleep or anything but the flight was at 5am and landed in Athens at about 10 oh my god had booked the hostel by that time so went to the hostel and um, had a bit of a nap on a couch and then got up just cruised around I think I went up that's right I went up to the rooftop bar you know I was I'm really proud of myself this week because I've been meeting people I've been out of my comfort zone and um I don't know, like, I've, I've, I mean, I've been traveling for 10 years, I guess, but have I really? Because, like, I've never, I'm always doing comedy, I never give myself the chance to just travel, just to travel, and this week, for really the first time in I don't know how long, I feel like I've just been traveling. I went up to the rooftop bar at the hostel on Tuesday night, and I was just up there by myself, I went and bought some cigarettes... And then I went up to the bar and uh, there was a guy just sitting by himself and I was like, hey man, can I join you? And he was like, yep. And I sat down, we started chatting. This guy is a professional poker player. He was 24, very arrogant. <laughs> lovely, lovely guy to be on. I mean, arrogant is maybe too strong a word. Not arrogant, but like cocksure. Let's call it that. He Within five minutes, he was just like, man, I made $1.2 million last year. I was like, you know what, dude? If I made that much money last year, I'd probably be talking about it too. Because <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> oh, it made me so insecure. <laughs> this fucking 24-year-old kid sitting upstairs at a hostel. He's like, yeah, I made $1.2 million last year. I'm like, oh, my God. I've got a 15 grand loan out. I'm 32. <laughs> And, and and I'm about to argue with an airline for a week. <laughs> I'm about to pay too much customs because I'm scared that my clothes are going to get lost in trap. What? Just fuck. What is my life, man? It made me so insecure how rich and successful this young man seemed to be. He's a poker player. I mean, he was an interesting dude. He was a nice enough dude. I liked him. And then a bunch of other people kind of just formed around us. Some girl on the hostel world app, some girl showed up and I thought it was like a Tinder date. And when she went to the bar, I was like, yo, my man, like, do you want me to fuck off? 
is this like I'm not interrupting anything? And he was like, no, 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 you're all good. Like this is just the Hostel World app. I didn't know about this. Hostel World, the the like booking app, now have a chat function. So when you get to a place, if you've booked a stay in Athens, it puts you in a chat with everyone else who's booked a stay on Hostel World in Athens, 1,500 people, and you can talk to them all and meet people and make plans. And it puts you in a chat with all the people in your particular hostel, which was like 70 or so. What a fucking cool thing. You just meet all these people. It's incredible. So, um, yeah, he met her like that. But then other people were just at the bar and they just came up to us and sat down. And I had a wonderful chat with this girl, this one girl. Um, we ended up talking about life and she's studying. And I was talking about where I'm at with comedy and breakup and everything. And it was great. And then the next day, got breakfast. And then, like, that girl left. I didn't even get to see her again. I just, you know, it was just that. I went on the walking tour at 10. I had that man. I'm just. I think I'm just going to recap all of the great stuff that I've done. The walking tour. This guy. Um, this guy Walter. I've been recommending everyone go on this walking tour. It was the New Athens free walking tour. The guy Walter is an American guy, born in Athens, raised in America, came back here, studied archaeology, and did archaeological digs in Athens for two years before starting doing tours. And he's been doing walking tours for 15 years. And he was just so passionate. We walked around the Agora, the ancient marketplace. I mean, I love those free walking tours in any city because they give you such a good base for like, you know, you get your bearings in the city, you see what's what and the bit of the history and you might meet some people, make some friends and whatever. So we walked around the ancient marketplace. He was telling us all these stories about that, about the Parthenon, about the history of Athens, about the Athenians who lived here and gave us some tips on which places to go, what the good sites are, what the sites that aren't so good that you probably don't need to bother with. So that was Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, what did I do? Wednesday night, I think I went back to the the hostel bar, the rooftop bar, met some other different people wasn't as good. Tuesday night was sick. Tuesday night, I was just like, man, I'm I'm in the vibe right now. I remember just feeling like I'm in the zone. Sorry. No, I think I've lied to you there. Wednesday, Tuesday night was the first night. And then Wednesday, I went and bought stuff. And then Thursday was the walking tour. Anyway, whatever. I've written this all down. I don't know why. You don't care. And I went and bought some shirts. I went and bought, I was like, I don't have any clothes and I'm in Athens. So I'm just going to go and buy a bunch of new stuff. Was it Tuesday? Or was Tuesday the day that I left fucking Reykjavik? As if you guys give a fuck. (laughs) Tuesday, I, I got into Athens on Wednesday, right? Okay. So Wednesday I got in, that's right, I got in and then I Wednesday was the night that I went upstairs and had the sick night at the hostel bar and before that I went and I bought, oh man, I got these Athenian sandals from this lady who um, her grandfather started making Athenian sandals in the ancient style in like 1920, he's like revived the style and then that guy taught his son and then that son had a daughter, this lady and now she runs the family business, makes the sandals and she's like, they're leather sandals and she's like a fucking philosopher of feet. 
I mean, I don't know if she was a philosopher or maybe she was just an incredible salesman and I'm a fucking tourist mark, you know, but either way, I'm very satisfied with my purchase. Um, I went into this just a tiny little shop with just like leather everywhere. I read the little story out the front. That's kind of what got me in, you know, the grandfather and then the son and then the, and this lady. And um, I went in there and there was a, a couple of Lebanese, a guy and a girl, not a couple, just friends. They were both dancers. And they were, the guy was trying on like, you know, some fucking just like fashionable sandals that he was like, I like this, but I want him to go all the way up my leg. And the lady was like, yeah, I'm going to make those for you. And they were like sick. And they're like, dude, come and sit down with us. And then they asked me what I do. And I was like, I'm a comedian. And she just laughed in my face. (laughs) She was like, oh, you're a comedian, are you? (laughs) We're all fucking comedians, mate. Um and then she had a serious moment. She was just like, you know what? You make people laugh. So thank you for that, which I thought was really sweet. It meant a lot to me. You know what my one takeaway from this week is? Comedians, what I keep saying to people, we're very serious people. I'm not, I don't know that I'm actually a funny person. <laughs> I don't consider, I'm not like, yeah, man, I'm so silly. I'm like, I'm pretty serious. I don't know if comedians... I don't know if stand-up comedy is about doing jokes. I mean, it has to be. I don't know. I just... Yeah, I'm not... It's a weird thing. It is a weird thing just to say, hey, I'm a comedian. And it's like... I mean, I am a comedian, but also am I? Because I don't make any money from it. That's the thought that's lingering. Anyway, I'm in the sandal shop. And she puts one set on me, but she's like, you can't go yet. You got to like, you know, walk around in them a bit. And I'm like, I'm walking, I walked backwards in them. She's like, he walked backwards. He is definitely comedian. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. I didn't even laugh at it at the time, but saying it out loud now, that's just made me laugh. He walked backwards. He's definitely a comedian. What the fuck are you talking about, you crazy lady? Oh, man. So um, I tried on a few pairs and I I got a pair that I need the thing between the toes. That's what I need. I need the little strap between the toes. The first pair I had, my little toe was kind of slipping out and I said to her, look, I like walking. I walk around a lot. I need something that I can walk a lot in. And the first ones that I got, I was like, my little pinky's slipping out. She goes, yeah, it'll slip out if you make it slip out. I'm like, well, what are we doing? So she gave me some with the toe. I should have been like, man, I'm Australian. We wear thongs, all right? I need a bit of comfort in between my big toe and the next one. I need a little something to grab onto, even if there's a strap around the back. And there is, okay? I get it. It's grabbing my foot. It's going to hug on. But I still need something for my toes to grasp because that's my culture. That was the one that I ended up getting. Got that. And then I was looking at some shorts. I got some linen shorts because when I got there, I was just wearing fucking my leather, my leather shoes, like my boots, my black pants with a belt. And like a t-shirt, you know, like, and my hat. I was wearing my hat. And then I just walked around Athens and I picked up some linen shorts. 
I picked up a uh, I picked up this one like funky shirt, and then I went across the road and I picked up another shirt. And then the next day, I got some sunnies and I got some pants, these like kind of blue vertical striped pants, and two more shirts from this other guy who was just like the the he sold me like fuck man he was sick. This dude, what was that shop called? I can't even remember. But he was like, you want me now? Now you have it on? Now? I show you the style. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just looking at the, uh, what was I looking at? I wasn't even looking at anything. I just walked into the shop and he goes, this is a half price. And I'm like, oh, half price. Okay. And this, this also half price. This, and he goes, this pant with the shirt. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let me try them on. I try the try the pants on, and he's like, okay, now you have the one shirt. Now you put the other shirt and you tuck it in, and I show you the style. <laughs> he kept saying that. He kept going. Now I show you the style. <laughs> and he he did this fancy like way of rolling up the sleeve where like the bit inside. I actually, you know what? He did show me the style because I've never seen anything like it before. You know how the cuff inside a, a a shirt on the sleeve is like funky patterns, but it's like, when do you ever see that? He showed me how to do it. You roll it all the way up over the elbow and then the bit that's left, you roll up as well and it flares out. It flares out above your elbow so you can see the cool pattern that's inside the cuff on your fucking shirt. Oh my God, a revelation. Truly. I'm actually, you know, he did show me the style. <laughs> and then I tucked that into the pants that I bought. And it's a whole thing. Now I show you the style. <laughs> you know what? That is the name of the podcast this week. Oh, where's my pen? Now I show you the style. Now. <laughs> the style. Now I show you this. <laughs> I hope I'm not laughing too loud for this lady. She realizes she's just invited a fucking freak into her house. <sighs> so yeah, that was all my clothes. And it is my full intention. And I've sent the email to charge the airline for these new clothes. Plus the clothes I bought in uh, in Reykjavik. So what day was that? Yeah, that's Wednesday. Thursday I did the tour. Friday I went to the Acropolis. I went to the Parthenon. I went to uh, the museum there. I was really really tired that day. I don't know. The Parthenon was good, but it wasn't like it was whatever. I learned on the tour that the English, the British Museum actually have all the old pieces of the Parthenon and the reason that they wouldn't give them back originally was they were like, you guys don't have anywhere nice to put them and then Athens built this really modern, beautiful museum to put them in and they were like, can we have them back now? And they were like, nah, still no, sorry. And so, and they were like, but we'll let you make copies of them. So what's actually upstairs in the museum is all of the copies of the bits of the Parthenon that used to go all the way around it. It's not the real ones. How fucked is that? And everyone was going there and I told a couple people and after a while I got sick of correcting people because I was like, I don't want to be a dick, but like, it's not the real shit. 
Okay, so just relax. That was Friday. Was that Friday? Yeah, that was Friday and then I got back to the hostel and they still hadn't delivered my shit and then that was when I found out that I was going to have to pay customs and go on Monday. So I was going to have to stay for the whole rest of the weekend. And I'd spoken to this guy who had just arrived in my hostel in my room. I'd spoken to him briefly and he was just like good vibes on him, nice dude. And he was down in the... um, He said about how he was going to the Panathenaic Panathenaic Stadium, the old Olympic Stadium from ancient times and uh he was down in the foyer and i was like yo man can i come to the stadium with you i've just had a really bad news and i would just like to hang out with someone he was like yeah man and uh we went to the stadium we walked there together we had just the best afternoon we walked for like an hour we had good chats we're talking about life talking about his girlfriend talking about my breakup talking about stand-up and everything and just a great just again i just met a wonderful person and, uh, you know, took some cool photos at the uh, Olympic Stadium, great bits of history in there. They have all the posters for all the modern Olympics because I think they had the first modern Olympics in 1896 there and then they have all the posters for the, like, every subsequent one, even the 1936 in uh, in Nazi Germany one, the Munich one. <laughs> I've even got the posters for that with the fucking eagle <laughs> on the poster. Terrifying. Uh, that was Hitler's Olympics. <clears throat> so, uh, and then what was Friday? And then we went to dinner with his with his friends. A couple of these girls. And that was great. And uh, I had decided, I was like, you know what? I was going to go to Skiathos on Saturday morning, but now I can't. But when I was at the Parthenon, I saw they have an ancient temple there. And temple, sorry, I don't know why, you know, I just started saying words then. They have an ancient theatre there that the Greeks built two and a half thousand years ago, the Odeon. And I was like, man, I would love to see a show there. They're doing shows there. They have shows there. By the way, fucking Bill Burr is playing there on... September the 11th, but it's t- it's too much. I've already cancelled the week before. I've tried. I just I can't do it. I can't justify. That would really be such a special thing to do, considering how much I love Bill Burr. But I just I can't I can't justify it. Oh well. Anyway, I was like I want to see a show there, but if I was leaving for Skiathos on Saturday morning, I wasn't going to be able to. But now that I was staying until Monday because of this bag situation, I'm like, well, there was a show on Saturday night. I can go. And let me look up the name of this guy because I keep not checking. And I should just I should just commit his name to memory because I went and saw it. It was part of the Athens Epidaurus Festival. Remember Jose James. Jose James. And uh, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. So when we went to dinner on Friday night, 
I met these other two girls who were friends uh, of my new friend here and I was chatting to them and, and one of them had lost her phone and that sucked and I was like, look, man, I lost my bag. It's nowhere near as bad as losing your phone but I commiserate with you and I understand on some level and I'm sorry that you lost your phone and that was bad. We had a nice night. We, went, we got dinner. We got ice cream. Great. And Saturday, I'm still, I'm, I'm like, I've got more stuff to do. I'm going to go to the Agora, <coughs> the ancient marketplace. <coughs> Sorry. And uh, man, I think the Agora might have been my favorite thing that I've seen in Athens. I think uh, it was a bit more low key. Not as many people are there. The museum was so great. It had all this ancient pottery. I learned two great things from the Agora. The first was about this ancient pottery and the fact that you can kind of see the development of the culture over like 100, 150 year increments. So the way they make this pottery, you've probably seen it if you haven't, Google black figure and red figure ancient Greek pottery. So it's black and red and there's like the lines and that's how they, you know. So the way they make it is they put it in this kiln and uh, it goes red. And then they put this certain kind of clay onto the existing like pot and that clay when they fire it goes black and it's changed the chemical composition of the thing so when they take it off they fire the rest of it again so they they put it on and it goes and then everything goes black like they heat it to a certain temperature but then they take this other clay off and just strip it back to the pot and it's changed the chemical composition of that part of the pot so when they fire it again to make it all red again the bit that was black stays black. So they fire it three times and they put this stuff on it, basically, that when they fire it the second time, it makes it go black. But then, so when they first started doing that, they realized they could do it and they were like, oh, we'll make these like geometrical patterns. So the it's called the geometrical period and it's just like the early things, it's just these patterns. But then they were like, what if instead of patterns, we make like fucking people and shit so it's black figure the figures so that was like 100 150 years of development they started making these basic figures and they're getting a little bit more elaborate with it um you know there's people there's animals there's like scenes there's you know scenes of people killing each other and whatever scenes from mythology and then after another 100 150 years they realized that if they put the red or maybe they just changed it. Maybe they just got sick of looking at black figure and someone was like, why don't we make the black the background and the red the person? And so they did that. And they reckon it looks more like lifelike and vivid, the imagery. But they also started going way more like intricate with the lines. And then after another hundred or so years, now I can't remember what it was called, but they started relief i think it's called on relief where it's not just a drawing on the clay the clay actually comes out three-dimensional and so they have all of these things in relief and it's just oh man it's so beautiful but he, like listening to how it was done and then seeing the examples of it change on the timeline i mean it just makes you th it, it humanizes these people these people lived two and a half thousand years ago and it's so abstract and that's what like walking around the Parthenon, it's just like, okay, they built this stuff, but like I can't really get a handle on what it is to be a part of their culture or, or, or what it would have been like to live at that time and to live as one of them. 
But to see this in the Agora, in the old marketplace, and to see the progression, it was like, yeah, the geometry ones, they did that for 150 years. And you think about art now and how it's a reaction to other things. Like you think about, you know, there was like, I don't know that much about art history, but like, okay, you think about pop art, right? Andy Warhol or like before that Picasso painting things that aren't necessarily meant to look like things, but they evoke an emotion. And then after that pop art being just like things that are reproduced. Like, I don't even know, actually, I don't really know that much about pop art, but like abstract shit, it's not meant to look like the thing. It's meant to make you feel the way you feel when you look at the thing. And that's a reaction to before, which was like, it's just super real. And things change, like the advent of photography means that painting isn't, doesn't have the same role in society anymore. It's not about just representing like the family portrait, you know, because now there's photos that are better and faster and everyone can do it. So what's painting for? Well, now we use painting to evoke feelings and to show, to talk about how the way you feel as an individual and convey that. What I'm trying to say is like, I guess I just, I like art. It's interesting. I like going to art galleries and seeing that and seeing the way that different movements are reactions to the movements that came before them and seeing this pottery and the way they used to decorate it, 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 it kind of like, it made me feel like their culture was similar to our culture, that there was a conversation around this is how things look and this is what we like about the way that these things look. You know, we like it when it's all these geometrical patterns. It kind of looks cool. But then after a while, like a hundred years, people started going, you know what? I'm sick of these geometric patterns. I want to see some fucking birds and shit on my pot, you know? And like poor people would have just had like whatever pot, but then like rich people would have had like a really nice pot and other people would have seen the rich people's pots and tried to copy it and whatever. And, uh, yeah, eventually they started putting people on their pots or they started putting, oh, the one that really got me. They said, all right, so they started putting, yeah, people on their pots. Did I get a picture of this one? I don't think I did. Um, how did I not get a picture of my favorite one? Aiden Jones, you fucking loser. Um, so they started putting people on their pots and scenes from, you know, they're probably their favorite stories, right? They're like, man, this is that story that I love that I feel so connected to personally. And then they were like, you know, a bit later, there's like, it's not just a flat story. It's like a, it's like a little bit abstract. It's like, it's a circle and the, it's like a part of the plate, like the bit, the inner bit where you eat off of is like circled. And then the person is like inside that circle. It's like, it's kind of abstract, you know, it's like the part, it's not just like, here's a plate and there's a picture on it. It's like, here's a plate and there's a picture on it, but the picture is kind of, I'm using the contours of the plate to form the picture and it's like the person is trapped in the plate. It's just a little bit more interesting. And my favorite one was a jug, or like a water jug shaped in the shape of a boy's head. Like that shit to me was like, or like some of the later ones, there were like grotesque figures, like they weren't stories and stuff. They were just like weird demons and goblins and shit. And it was like, yeah, man, the person who owned this had like a weird sense of humor. You know, they were like, man, I've got a fucking weird goblin. And then you have people around for dinner and you pour them a bit of wine out of this jug. 
and it's like this nice moment and then they look at the jug and there's like a goblin on there going like yeah you're like that's sick (laughs) that's really funny or like you pour someone a bit of wine and you're just pouring it out of a carafe shaped like a really realistic baby's head (laughs) it's so funny and it's fucked it's like it's really creepy but it's like they're at your house like what are you gonna do not have wine just because it's out of a baby's head and you feel weird about that no you're gonna have some wine and you gotta deal with it and the person who owned that is fucking dope so i really loved that and maybe that a part of that was like why i felt so good then later that evening going i try oh man i tried to organize a group of people in the hostel world group chat to go to this jose james show and a few people were interested and then someone else was like hey you know peggy goo's playing tonight and fucking everyone was like oh my god we're gonna go to peggy goo that's so sick and i'm like oh (laughs) no one wants to go to the jazz with me i mean I don't even know what Peggy Goo or Jew. I don't even know how to say it. What is she, a DJ? Whatever. I'm sure she's cool. But like, yeah, sure, that's on. But it's a two and a half thousand year old fucking theatre, man. Come on. Really? Oh, I was so disappointed when everyone started just going. I was so cynical about it. I kept feeling like, man, are they just going because it's like a club? Like, are they just one of the dudes are going because it's chicks? You know, I don't know. It made me feel sad. And then there was this the one girl who I met the night before that it was kind of awkward when we first got there because I was like, I don't really know you and you don't know me and we're the only ones here now. I don't want to be weird about this, you know, but like, let's go and it'll be great. But then we got there and we started talking. Again, it was just another beautiful moment. We started talking about food and family, two things that most people have in common and have opinions on and, and we got into some great stuff in our conversation and then the show started and the show was incredible. Oh my God. You could just tell the way it was. It was uh, Jose James evidently is an American uh, jazz singer. He had this Japanese guy playing on the keys on a grand piano and then another keyboard and then two synths. They had this amazing drummer and they had this bass player and they all took turns on solos and they were going to play stuff from Jose James's back catalogue, but he played one Bill Withers song and everyone lost it. And so after that, it was just Bill Withers tracks, man. He played Ain't No Mountain High Enough. He played Lean On Me. He played Grandma's Hands. He played, uh, what's this video that I got? Mm-mm. Anytime, ain't no sunshine. Anytime, she goes away. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. When he played Lean On Me, I had a little bit of a tear coming out. And uh, this girl that I was there with, she knew a bunch of the songs. She didn't think she was going to, but then we got there and she was like loving it. And there was a family next to us. Uh, mum and a dad and their kid must have been their daughter must have been like I don't know seven or eight or something and the dad was just loving it drumming along to everything you could tell he was having the best time their daughter was so tired but the mum was just like 
holding her because like I feel like she knew that it was important to the dad and she loved it as well and they were having a great moment as their family. The dad kept trying to go down to his daughter and like say stuff to her but she was falling asleep and I think he just wanted her to enjoy it the way that he was because it was so special. And uh, I had a moment when they were playing when I looked around the theatre, I think it was as people, no, it was when they'd started playing and I was loving it. The first song I was like, oh, maybe this won't be good. And then the second song I was like, oh no, this is going to be incredible. And um, when uh, I just, I looked around the theatre at one point, we were kind of really far up the top because we got the cheap seats, but they made it so intimate. They felt like some of the songs they played, it was so intimate. I was like, I feel like there's 10 people here, but there's like, it's a 6,000-seat arena. There were probably two, 3,000 there maybe. But there was a moment when I looked down at everyone and like everyone's so small because we're so high up because the incline of the the seats is so steep. We're so high up that you can't even really see. Everyone's just little dots and you can just see people in their clothes. And um, it just, I was like, this is the same. This is the exact, this place is where people used to come two and a half thousand years ago and watch performers and this guy performing for us you know he's doing the same thing and that's what I do I do that like the way that he was introducing his songs it's the same way that I would I mean I would like to get to that point he's you know obviously just the most incredible performer so seasoned so so calm in the face of this incredible show and to be able to get to that point in your career you know i mean that's something that that it's like a dream if i could perform in a place like that one day that would be incredible i don't i don't know that i ever will i don't know if i really believe that i could get to that point but um man what was i gonna say we do the same thing, me and that guy. The way that he was talking about being a jazz singer and being a singer, you know, like he was like any other singers in and they cheered and he was like, singers don't, we don't go see each other's shows. So that's a real compliment. And I was like, dude, comedians are the same. We don't go see each other's shows. And I guess this trip, kind of to get back to what I was saying before, I'm not performing for the whole month of July. I performed on the 1st and the 2nd and then I'm not performing until probably the 3rd of August. And other than COVID, this is the first time that I've really given myself a break like that. And I didn't even intend to do it, but I just it accidentally happened because my best friend's getting married and I'm not doing a show, you know. And uh, I feel like my eyes are really open for the first time. And like going to that Fringe Festival and seeing all the other shows and just trying to t- kind of take it in and and trying to listen to people rather than needing to tell them my stuff. Just just walking around the world with my eyes a little bit more open and a little bit more open to learning and experiencing things. I feel really good about where I'm at this trip so far. And um, watching that guy perform in that theater, I was like, you know, like I, I feel like I was learning stuff from him as I watched him. I felt like I had ideas about what I want my show to be and uh, about the podcast and the I just was thinking about a lot of stuff and it felt really good and very life-affirming. 
And then finally on Sunday, I went to the beach with some other random people. I don't need to go over this. I feel like I've gone over everything. But again, just met some great people. Different people, again, different people every day this week. One guy was a little bit weird. Um, he kept telling us about he's the alpha of his group back in Canada. And <laughs> we all laughed at him because he was insistent that he was the alpha, which is such a non-alpha thing to, you know, whatever. <sighs> what I'm trying to say is I've had an incredible week. And yesterday I went and I got my bag and that was something that I've been talking about all week. I've been talking about that and I've been talking about giving a speech at the wedding. Those are two things that I've been playing, you know, on my mind. They're two things that I'm thinking about. The bag was something that I got resolved yesterday. The wedding is still over a week away, but it's just over. It's on Wednesday next week. And I've been telling everyone the speech, man. I've been running it on people. I'm really happy with it. I've been thinking about it a lot. And I'm excited to give a speech um, to celebrate my, my two friends and their wedding and their day. And, and that's going to be fantastic. But um, last night after I got the bag, I guess I've been, you know, I don't know. I'm still dealing with the breakup. I'm still sad about it. Just before I turned the mic on for this podcast, I felt sad about it. And I uh, just have some anxieties and, and fears and thoughts and, you know, that worthless feeling that I've been talking about kind of came back a little bit. And last night, again, like I, after I picked up the bag, I guess just not having that thing in the future to focus on, like the project of getting my bag back and getting it sent and doing the customs and everything, having something to focus on, I think is such a big thing for me. I always need to know where am I going? What am I doing? What's the next thing? <clears throat> And so when I got my bag back yesterday and then like didn't really have anything to do planned, I, I, I felt a little bit of that worthlessness and that fear and the anxieties of like being, you know, I've, I've been older than most of the people around me this week, 32, most of the people are in their early 20s and staying in the hostels and stuff. And also of just not having any money, of being in debt and of my career not being very lucrative and, you know, all this stuff. Um, it all came up last night when I was in bed. I got into bed and I was just there was, was there by myself and I was feeling anxious and scared and I couldn't get to sleep and I messaged a friend and we had a great chat and he was very helpful. He reminded me that I'm still... I'm still going through a breakup and I'm still sad and it's okay if I'm sad. Like all week... I mean, look, I would love to fuck someone. I would really love to get laid. I would love to have a one-night stand and just have some sex that I don't care about with a cool person, you know, and just to be able to enjoy it and then say goodbye. But I also don't really know if I'm in the place where I'm ready for that. I don't know. I mean, I guess if it happened, it happened, but it hasn't feel like it's. it hasn't felt like it's been, you know, I've met some girls who are very pretty and we've, gotten along but it's never felt like and this is going to be you know and uh, I guess something that I can be proud of myself for is that when I was younger I probably would have tried to force that and been like nah man I'm gonna try and make some kind of contrived awkward move now and you know make it happen because that's what you do as a man and that's your value as a man is to to just sleep with women but I think I'm past that, man, and it feels really good because uh, this week I've just made a bunch of friends and 
even last night I was upstairs at this other hostel. I went to a hostel bar with some people and I got a few beers and had some cigarettes and I was talking to this one girl from California and it was nice, but I, you know, whatever. And when she walked off, this guy next to me was just like, eh? hey, bro. Like, yeah, man, that seemed, that, that was going pretty good, huh? And I was just like, I don't know, man. Yeah, nah, I think we are just chatting, you know? I think it was just that. And uh, that would have been me or that would have been how I was thinking in the past. But I really think I'm... I'm not there, you know, and that doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm not horny and that I I wouldn't love to just have some sex, but it doesn't feel like that's what I'm here for. I'm I'm here to meet people and learn about being alive and history and people from the past and myself and everything, and it's been an amazing week, so... I'm very grateful for that and um, you know what? If I never get any of the money back, it's been about 2000 Australian dollars getting my bag back. If I never get any of it back, if I never see a cent from the airline for all of the money that I've paid to get it over here and these clothes that I've bought and whatever, right now I'm going to resolve to just let that go because it's not important. It really is not important. I have enough money still left on my loan to get myself through to the start of August. And then once August starts, I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe and I'll be making money and I'll buy my flights home. I'll buy my flights to see my biological father in Vienna. I also think I've decided on a tattoo I'm going to get, whatever. That's all in the future. But right now, I'm going to decide to just let go of that money. I'm still going to ask for it. And I'm going to fight for it, but I'm not going to expect it to come. And if it does, it's a bonus. <sighs> All right. I think that's it, man. I think that is the story. <laughs> this week. The picture for this week's podcast is going to be the picture of me at the bus stop with my bag just at the airport there. That's what's good. It has to be that. And uh, this episode is called Now uh, I Show You the Style. <laughs> now I Show You the Style. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, by the way, I don't know if I want to put this podcast behind a Patreon. I don't know if I can, man. Maybe I'll just set up a Patreon at the end of this month and um, I'll figure out content for it in the future. But I would like to start, if anyone wants to give me money for this podcast and for the other podcasts that I'm doing, I just, you know, that'd be cool. I think some of you guys who have been listening long enough, I reckon you would give me money. I, th I think you will. And if you don't, whatever, who cares? You know I'm still going to keep doing it. Every Tuesday forever, mate, that's the podcast. All right, thank you for listening. I hope you're doing good. It's been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.
lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to Just call.